Hello and welcome to the Bicom podcast. I'm Richard Pater, the director of Bicom, and today is the 22nd of June 2023, and I'm sitting in northern Tel Aviv. The protests against the government's proposed judicial reforms have been running now for 24 consecutive weeks, bringing together hundreds of thousands of Israelis from across the country. In last week, we saw the compromise talks under the auspice of President Herzog have now been suspended, which is related to some of the members of the government who are now threatening to push through the changes unilaterally. Our topic for this week is to focus on the protest movement, its inceptions, its goals, and where they're going to next. My guest today is Yiftaf Golov, who is one of the leaders of the Brothers and Sisters in Arms, one of the leading protest movements set up by members of IDF Special Forces. Yiftaf, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thank you for inviting me here, Richard. Thank you so much. It's a privilege. Um, so perhaps we could start, and just uh, for the sake of our audience, if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background. So I grew up in the very northern Galilee area in Israel, village boy, to, um, I would say, in terms of education, uh, very much people are familiar with the word kibbutz, atmosphere, secular family, Zionist, born and raised, following the uh, values uh, embedded in the Declaration of Independence. So I, in a, in, I grew in a little village, I would say, called Oshpina. It's next to the holy city of Tzfat. Proud um, Zionist heritage. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, agricultural area, countryside. And um, it's very much, I would say, the DNA of, um, that you keep in the, or the atmosphere that you grow is very, very patriotic and Zionist. And um, naturally, I would say most of our uh, civilians that are growing in this area are going to um, major, or I would say elite units in the IDF, not necessarily the uh, combat units, which I, I did, uh, but also intelligent. And since then, what have you been? Uh, what have you been doing since since leaving the army? Right, a lot of stuff. We say a lot of stuff that I'm not sure that very relevant for our conversation. One of them, for instance, just traveling for more than a year, year and a half in in South America. I'm a nature <laughs> uh, boy, let's say. So uh, I did a lot of stuff in walking. Um, I have a German citizenship, so I walked also in the, in UK. For Spheres in different places, Plymouth and London and Liverpool. Uh, I'm a Liverpool fan, by the way, so I'll never walk alone. That's basically it. And about um, 14 years ago, more or less, I begin my journey, the academic journey, um, so scientific journey. Um, I have a bachelor degree in uh, marine biology, second degree in game theory, combination of game theory and evolution, and now finishing my PhD in biophysics. Fantastic. And if I can ask you, it's slightly fitted for a British audience, it's a personal question, but to tell us about your political orientation and uh, if you if you divulge who you were, who you voted for in the recent uh, oh, yeah. round of elections. Yeah, yeah. Well, so first of all, it's great because we're not, we're not, Engl we're not <laughs> England and we're near, you know, with Israelis, we don't really care about answering any question. Um, I have to be honest with you, I voted for more than five different parties and I think that I kind of reflecting here, the uh, the vacuum, the the, the the problem with the political situation in Israel, to be honest, and yeah, it requires by those who are listening right now to read a bit about the democratic system in Israel. Um, 
nonetheless, when we go to that, I guess, naturally later on, yes. this conversation... Sorry, our audience is great. Follows Israeli politics. Yeah, yeah, no, but they'll, they'll be familiar with the system. I think that the problem is that with the terminology of politics, it's quite confusing because we have the parties mm. and we have the civilian situation in Israel and, and both are related. Mm. So the thing is that, yeah, I, I voted um, because I'm, I believe in the Zionist uh, values embedded in the, I, I'm following the light of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, ridiculously, we have about, um, I would say, seven or eight different political parties that has no <laughs> difference between them. Mm -hmm. So some of them call themselves, um, you know, to uh, justify their existence. They call themselves moderate right, the other moderate left, and some of them call themselves centered. So it could be Yeshatid and Gantz with the Kaholavan, white, blue, blue, white, and also others. So I voted for two different, I would say, um, different parties that share the same spectrum, right? but all the same. Yeah, so I voted for both uh, Likud, Yeshatid, uh, Benny Gantz, Kaholavan, there's just no difference between them. Okay, now that's that, that's right. useful in terms of orientation. Yeah. I mean, let's let's get on with it and kind of to talk about focus yeah, on yeah. the on the protest mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. um, just when when did you start uh, when did you start joining the protest and what was your original motivation? Oh, brilliant. Um, so what happened is the um, just the very after the very um, formal initiation of this uh, crazy coalition, um, just by just looking at the, um, I would say, the milestone that comprising this coalition, we may, much of the Israelis understood that something is wrong because of the representation of extremists was way too enlarged. Mm. And uh, the relative contribution of those people who, suppose, who used to be minorities suddenly um, became much more, uh, or I would say, significantly um, larger and what happened step by step is that um just after netanyahu after very prolonged negotiation working on how to completing this coalition he came with this as he, netanyahu was like doing dramatic announcements um saying that the this government uh, has four major goals if i remember correctly one of them of course is because that's his ticket all the time, that security-wise, uh, fighting the uh, nuclear arms race with Iran, normalization of foreign relationship with the Arab countries. Translating from, from Hebrew, that would be fighting the economical crisis in Israel, because everything's so bloody expensive. And I don't, I'm not sure what was the first one. I think it was personal security. Personal yeah. security. There you go. Mm. Quite ridiculous, right? In this day, when we're yeah. mentioning that. And um, to our audience, um, by the way, everything is uh, just Google it. As as our audience that li that are listening to us right now, you're probably quite vigilant, uh, seeing that the the terminology of judicial reform was not mentioned not even once. Mm. And this is, of course, not by mistake. This is classic. Uh, Netanyahu. So th I guess that I would not remember if it was like a week or two after the former initiation of this coalition, then Netanyahu came with this mm. judicial reform. And then we were literally astonished 
by by this plant that already at that time primarily included more than 60 bills that are completely undemocratic and this is so i don't know if i can the audience can't see my face right now but for a jewish zionist civilian where this country historically was literally raised from the ashes of dictatorship comprehending that this is the monster that we need to fight right now from within we were literally amazed we didn't know what to do about it and for your question naturally we we went the first week of the protest movement uh, we went to the Bima square in tel aviv and then the second second week it was this uh, protest was known as the umbrella mm -hmm. umbrella protest right then it was already uh, we were thing was thousands of us and the protest just grew exponentially amazing no mm. one expect that and the third or the fourth week i'm not i'm not sure on this big monitor walking to the uh, beam square i saw this young guy with the green t-shirt saying there's a new gathering of a group called themselves in, in Hebrew, that would be Achim Naneshek, in English, brother and sisters in arms. Um, people that, um, yeah, as you mentioned, most of them combat units, special combat units that um, try to initiate right now something and they have no clue what, <laughs> but they're going to have a symbolic journey, three days marching, and they call and they entitle this journey as uh, the journey of, say, of safeguarding Israel democracy. First day, it was just, I think, 100 of us, main, mainly men's, um, but comprising different generation. I'm talking about people that fought in Yom Kippur and some of them actually in the uh, independent right. of Israel. So heavily veterans mm. to us, young, relatively young people. And that was amazing. I'm not going to elaborate here, but if you want, yeah. Um, after those three days, I think that uh, the, 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 the nucleus of this organization, brothers and sisters, enough that these guys, including myself, we, we understood that there's something huge going on. And then we established this, formally this uh, brother and sisters in Amda. Of course, this organization, that's the, the major title, um, did not exist prior to uh, the judicial reform. So what can you tell us about kind of bringing us up to date with kind of the current the current activity of brothers and sisters in arms? So it's a very blurry, blurry situation. Um, we were, I would say, a fear, but um, we, we were quite sure politically wise that the idea that the uh, we manage uh, to fully expunge the judicial. And I'm sorry, but for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to use it um, correctly. It's not a reform. It's the judicial overall. And because of whatever reasons, strategic or tactic uh, from the, on behalf of Netanyahu, he formally declared a week ago that the loaded gun is back on the table. That is metaphor. Mm -hmm. um, that he's going to promote most of the things that he already mentioned, I would say the core of the judicial reform that um, supposedly expunged, now it's back on the table. In terms of the major thing, we need we here again uh, to make sure that this crazy uh, we call them ministers ministers of government of destruction 
um, we're going to stop them, of course, um, from promoting this terrible process. So we, I mean, we saw the protests when it reached its peak, I suppose, two and a half months ago, mm-hmm. around uh, when when Defence Minister Gallant was uh, was was uh, was sat uh, kind of in words, but not yeah, with, with, not Netanyahu, in with Netanyahu, nothing is is sure, right, right? So, right. So, that, so at least that was kind of the catalyst that brought to uh, freeze the process. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, now the talks themselves have been frozen. Kind of where does where where do you and the organisation go go next? I mean, what's uh, I mean, it's had amazing traction that it's lasted. 24 weeks every Saturday night, right? But what, where, where to now? So right now we, we understood um, that we are, so I'll, I'll, let's build it um, stepwise, step by step. So first of all, because these guys was, uh, these guys um, have initiated this um, destruction program, trying to literally destroy all the democratic uh, ba- um, check and balances. But they did it so rapidly, unlike the what we call here the Hungarian protocol. Mm. It enabled us to reveal the fraud, meaning all the cards were were used once, kind of a, if you like poker. All this full house, their their position uh, were suddenly revealed. We, thanks to them, we understood that the situation, I would say, or the judicial reform and by the way we can go on with a security reform if we're talking about the promise of um, of the Netanyahu uh, the fact that Netanyahu promised to uh, Benville a fundamentalistic Mm. racist minister his militia private militias okay not very democratic Um, so that's another reform and the Arnona reform and it can go on and go on Mm. so we understood this is not about a reform there's a let's say there's a brain behind of all of that and then step by step we realized that uh, the monster that we're facing here, for us, it was, I mean, we, we, we've we seen only its tentacles, not fully the old monster. Then the situation, we understood there's a huge foreign body called themselves Kohelet Forum, sponsoring all the resources uh, for those things for more than two decades. That's a huge wake-up call for us. We were literally dormir. So, and just saying that, we understood us, brother and sisters in arms, that as we were taught, and it's in our DNA, always being at the front line defending Israel democracy, we understood that this time we have to go with a, a very short, but also long uh, range plan. So the short plan, we discussed about it already, and that's quite intuitive. Yeah, just t- whatever it takes literally inhibit and stopping um, this coalition of destruction promoting the what they call the judicial overall but just when you say stop apart from the demonstrations yeah. what else what else can you do yeah, and, 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 and we also understand that we need to go to other channels mm. including I would say uh, foreign or international relationship and I can uh, I can elaborate if you want um, basically working with all of our natural sources and natural allies, um, they're not only worries about not only worried about the, the fact that there's another democracy that is that is being in, uh, annihilated here because we're part of a global crisis mm. of democracies, but also specific um, people that um, um, alerted by by what's going on in Israel. That would be, for instance, uh, Jews in in Britain. Jews in America, 
um, Christians and American and, uh, and German people that, that sees Israel as natural partner and has common interests based on the values mm -hmm. of liberty and equality and freedom. Mm -hmm. Once those values are not the base, are not at the heart of Israel, Israel, first of all, is no longer a major interest for the Americans and for most of the Europeans. Mm -hmm. So if I look at it right now, strategically, we understood that we need to start working on the global arena. That includes, of course, without going into details right now, but people uh, at the Congress, American Congress, people in America, EU, uh, the Union, Germany, Britain, all over the place, um, local communities. I can go on the, the, the astonishingly every aspect that you analyze right now in terms of what makes this country so great is under a threat because of this government. So if you think about, let's talk about the um, Jews in America, what Simcha Rotman and his government, the, re the religious cohesion ministers, the racists, what they try to do is they try to conquer Judaism and by so neglect neglecting not only the majority of Jews in Israel, but also the, 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 the legal right of Jews in America to return to Israel also, mm -hmm. or in Britain, or in the former Soviet Union. It, it just, it's just astonishing. But it brings to your group, I mean the Zionists, a great fuel to fight them, because we are the real Israel. So we maybe come back to the to the international um, remit, but just yeah. in terms of the organizational stuff and um, um, framework here, how does the Brothers and Sisters in Arms fit in or ally with other protest movements? Can you give us an idea of the overall architecture here and what sort of coordination you have brilliant, with other yeah. groups? Yeah, brilliant. So the, the protest, and I'm I'm re, I'm, I'm trying to re, um, I would say to modify the terminology right now. It's not exactly a protest in Israel anymore. It's a struggle, okay, um, or a battle against uh, dictatorship or tyranny. Because it it arised as a as a uh, grassroots bottom up. Mm. So every sector was working a bit independently at the very beginning. We understood that if we want to to have a synergic effect, we have to use full umbrella, I would say, coalitions. We have to form coalitions. Um, and I'm going to use the example. So we initiated, um, myself and other um, brother and sisters, one of them, for instance, is the Roy Gordon, um, another uh, great, first of all, a close friend and uh, from... Uh, brother and sisters in Israel, we initiated the uh, international group uh, called DIA. It's a, a democratic Israel for all. And DIA is working mainly for the uh, our activities abroad. But using DIA, uh, we, we, it's a coalition group, including not only brother and sisters in arms. Yes, it's led by brother and sisters in arms, but it's also, it includes the high-tech protest, Mm -hmm. Startup Nation and the protest of the pilots, the woman empowering protest known as Bonot uh, Alternativa, the lady with the red uh, live art, mm -hmm. those amazing ladies, and um, 
can go on with others. We un we understand that we have to we have to start working in coalitions. Yeah, mm. and uh, that's what we do. And just give us an idea of kind of insight from the leadership. Um, how does how do decisions get made to kind of both within your organizations and then within the uh, those partnership organizations? So in Israel, it's still very much every organization is is both corresponding with the other, but the, each organization has has its own headquarter. I would say uh, with brother and sisters in arms, Chimaneshek. Think that what makes this organization so efficient is the fact that it was established by the people of the let's say of the people's army mm -hmm. okay so for us people that served israel for the people by the people it was very easy for us just kind of I would say um bringing the same toolbox that we we had in our service uh, back again and executed very efficiently without consuming a lot of resources because it's mainly the net it, it all based on the natural resource of israel which is the people right we the people mm. for us everything is quite i would say relatively easy because we have just amazing men and women from the high tech in intelligence all the special forces and the marines and i can go on and on and on and on so everything is relatively easy it's i'm not saying that because i want to sound I, I hope i don't it doesn't sound um not very humbly but i think that was the game changer here mm. um that one makes brother and sisters in arms so very powerful and uh, i would say the game changer in the in the protest movement there's about 15 people i would say in the people can't see my hands right now but i'm doing the yet in the leadership in comments, yeah, yeah. Comments. <laughs> but in this leadership it all is very well governed and executed by this amazing person called Eyal Nave. Um, he's, I would say, the, the executor that, and it's very much alike in a way, operates as we used to do in the military way. Mm. That's why it's so efficient. I mean, bearing in mind that you're all reservists, mm -hmm. I mean, perhaps a, a controversial question would mm -hmm. be kind of where your stance now is in terms of refusal to serve, refusal to uh, to, to take take orders. What's your what's your perspective? Yeah, one of the hardest uh, questions, and uh, I think for the international um, audience, I think it's the most easiest in terms of logic because um, it's without any emotional aspect in my answer. People have to understand, and I will. I will answer. Mm. One of the major, I would say, the, drawing the line, what makes IDF as the People's Army is the fact that the values. Grind, uh, sorry, enshrined in the IDF philosophy are derived by the values of the Declaration of Independence. Mm. So logically, logically, a I would say a, mili uh, a military that supposed to serve democratic system with a structure of a people of the people people's army is all it all sits on a very fundamental requirement, and that's a functional democracy. People have to ask to get it. We are obeyed by law to serve, but I would say a significant fraction in, 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 in the IDF is volunteering. Okay. From the spatial forces to the pilots to the intelligence and whatever. And if you degrading 
this contract and you're no more democracy, the very, I'm talking logic right now, the very fundamental base of people, of, I would say the structure of people's army is completely annihilated. So there, there's no such thing refusal if there's no demo, if there is no democracy. So now let's answer to this question straight forward. We are against refusal. We are against violence. No violence, no refusal. This is our framework. Mm. However, and this is what people need to understand, to comprehend. Once Israel, hypothetically, and it will not happen, but let's let's assume that Israel has accomplished the revolution and has changed from a democracy to whatever you want to call it, authoritarian, tyranny, whatever, and it's no more a democracy. All the agreement we used to have as civilians in the people's army is for the expansion. I'm not here to serve three, four, five, six years by law. A military that does not represent my values. I can go and choose other professions in Israel, unlike America, or Britain, or France. You serve the country, not as part of your career. Yes, some of us can continue with that, mm. but this is not the basic thing. It is, the IDF is an army, and listen carefully, it's an IDF, not IAF. It's not Israel attacking force, it's a defending force. So even if, by its name, we can understand it's very liberal. And it is um, reflecting all the IDF values, everything. is just to make sure that the Zionist Jewish state remains a democratic country because that was what written in the Declaration of Independence. That's the foundation for everything. If there's no more Declaration of Independence, there's no more IDF. I mean, it, you make it a, a several important points, but one point I want to pick up on is the, the hypothetical nature of this, the fact that you that this, this movement is kind of out in front, mm -hmm. kind of having been warned because of the direction of travel of this next government. Yeah. So if I take this to a political question, mm -hmm. presuming, presuming this, this government lasts, you know, on average, Israeli governments last two to three years before they start to fall apart. Yeah. We we're not doing political analysis now, but where do you think, what's the, what are the ramifications of this protest movement um, at the next elections, do you see do you see new parties being formed? Do you see kind of just a higher level of uh, of uh, activity and political consciousness as a result of this process? So, um, first of all, yes. I think, and I think I mentioned that um, in one of the other question. These are dramatic times in Israel, and you know what they say: a crisis is also a great opportunity for growth. In Israel, we are literally at the frontier, I would say. Um, and all the political situation in Israel for the last three, four decades, kind of, we're keeping the same political game of this called old world. Mm. The, the entrance for those who try to keep those empty terminologies are obvious, right? They try to divide and conquer right, left. I'm using this uh, yeah. right impression, yeah. so right, left. What, what's happening right now is purely a situation of, 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 of evolution. The opposition, just like the coalition, they know that the protest movement are not representing them. There's a huge, this is not my expertise, right? But the situation in Israel, people have to understand this is brilliant, okay? The protest movement basically is is the major force 
that is going to direct the situation in Israel. Not the coalition, nor the opposition. Mm. It's just about what are we going, what we want, that what will happen. Mm. Um, and you, we just, we were, there's different examples, right, in, in Israel right now. Not only the coalition, I think in the opposition, they are actually more frightening from the situation right now because we, they know that the real Israelis have woke up and they know that many of them are not going to be get uh, uh, elected again because they keep the same, I don't want to say stupid, but I'd say, I would say very inefficient mm. old world politics. We don't care about it anymore. Mm. We want to create something new. And the for your question, if you want, I can go on because that's basically it. And I'm, now I'm quoting a very famous security person in Israel, Amir, Amir, uh, Tamir Pardo. Sure, former head of Mossad. Yeah, former head of Mossad. And um, in these days, a very close person uh, to some of us. And he told me in an interview, astonishing sentence that I could never come he told me, listen, the protest movement right now is the hope of Israel. And I asked him, well, intuitively, you, you understand. Yes, of course. We always keep saying it right. We the hope. We are the hope. We are. And I asked him, okay, but why? And he, he told me something astonishing. He told me, listen, for more than four decades, none of the governments in Israel have ever coped with a problem at the core of Israel, the Israeli existence. The division between the church and the state, I would say. Mm. And now we're talking to British people, right? So think about perspective. The revolution dividing the church and the state in, in Britain was how long ago? Two days? 300 years, more or less? Yes, right? So people need to understand. In Israel, that's not the, t the situation. That one makes... Um, I would say that one what allows to the fundamentalistic religious people right to take over on so many different um, institutions um, so I think that step by step it's a very prolonged process the protest movements will be more and more focused on putting the foundations of the Zionist Institute and that basically this program, I would say, is already written in the Declaration of Independence. Mm. What are we doing that we want to do? We can't keep the situation that the government is literally controlling one house. You have to separate them. Okay, so I'm not going, I don't want to go into very boring details, but people need to understand that the reason that there's the campaign is, is termed right now constitutional reform or whatever you want to call it is because they can. We don't have constitution in Israel. That's another thing. Yeah. So all this, I would say, um, political democratic geometry, that will be the focal point of the next elections in Israel, in the next decades. And I think this is the major goal of this protest. First of all, of course, stopping the madness, but then building. By the way, it is literally the story of Israel, of Roman Migdal, of Tower and... Uh, Stockade, and stockade, yeah. Fantastic. Well, listen, on that note, we'll uh, we'll leave it. But thank you very much for your insight hope, today. I hope it went well. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you very much indeed, Yiftach. It was great speaking to you. Thank you.